You're listening to episode 113 of the STEM space. Fasten your life jackets, dear listeners, because today we're navigating through the process of a transformational project I'll be doing this year in my classroom. How it sparks creativity, fosters problem-solving skills, and nurtures resilience. And more specifically, how I am using prototyping in the way that it is really meant to be used, which is to result in the life-size product. Want to know what my students will be building? Keep listening. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. Hey, Claire. Hey. So we're in the middle of summer. How's it been going over there? It's intense. Let me tell you. When you have... It's relaxing. No, when you have elementary aged kids, there's no relaxing because I thought that it would be helpful since I was finishing my last semester of my graduate program that if I signed my kids up for all the camps, the summer camps that I would have time to work on schoolwork and stuff. No, no, you spend all your time in the car and trying to figure out schedules that overlap and getting sweaty (laughs) So what were the camps? Like music? Uh, Softball camp. They're doing piano. Swim camp. Tennis camp. Basketball camp. uh, Theater camp. (laughs) Did I miss a sport? Is there a sport that I missed? I probably didn't drop them off at something. I'm sure I paid for something else. Yeah. It's not there. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we're on a week break from all the camps before swim camp starts up again. So... Yeah, it's been fun. Great. So you're probably excited for the semester to start. <laughs> a little bit, yes. Okay. Yes. So my daughter is starting. I'm finally going to have a kid in school now. She's going to be in kindergarten. So crazy. And I was looking at, like, school supplies and all that, and then I looked at the class schedule. 7.40? Class starts at 7.40? What is mm. this? <laughs> what? I get up at 8. <laughs> yeah. Um, Why? There's got to be a study out there on how horrible this early start time is. <laughs> I, I, okay, I was thinking like 830. At 7.40, seems like that means I have to wake up at 640. <laughs> mm-hmm. How do you do it? How do you do it? Coffee. <laughs> how would you go to bed earlier? <laughs> yes, that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that'll be fun. <laughs> um, but you will be back in the classroom. Yes, as finally. a STEM teacher, what grades are you teaching? I'm teaching kindergarten through ninth grade. So now you're an elementary, middle, and high school STEM teacher. That's right. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you. As a spreadsheets, you must be planning. On... I don't know. High schoolers are different animals. So I don't know. I may be just stealing from your knowledge of how you teach college students because I bet they're similar. Mm. Yeah. But I'm teaching college students how to teach elementary students, so. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) That might get confusing. Yeah. I'm also helping uh, bring computer science to my school because we're starting a high school. So our high school is brand new this year. Uh, First class is this group of ninth graders. So now we need to meet all the requirements of high school, and that includes the foreign language and fine arts 
all of those requirements for graduation. And so we're bringing in computer science. As a foreign language? I think it counts as like, I don't know. Yeah, it counts. There's like certain number of foreign language credits you need, but computer science also counts as some. I remember this hmm. was also the same for when we went to high school. Did you take computer science? No. You just took lots of Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I took both. So I don't know how that worked. It would have been very nice to have computer science and go into engineering and actually no coding. Yes, it would. So, recommend. <laughs> so I'm trying to now, now that I'm, now that I'm doing that, we're going through code HS, which is a fabulous, uh, website if you go to them because they offer free computer science curriculum and you can also pay to get all the extra features like helping with grading and um, assignments and projects and testing and all that stuff so it's uh, really really neat because it's well packaged and well thought out but now that i'm thinking about that and these ninth graders that are being thrown into computer programming i do some robotics with some kind of programming but I feel like I need to be doing more to lead up to that mm -hmm. because right. the programming languages, I mean, you can't teach them all and you don't know what these kids are going to end up doing. In our college program, we did MATLAB and Fortran. Is mm -hmm. that the two that we did? Yep. And I took Java in high school. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, how do you learn the basics of stuff? to give you enough knowledge of programming to work with any language in the future. Right. So anyway, I'm processing through that. And I know there's so some great resources like out there. Middle school, like yes. how you would. Usually Middle we school. start with block coding. Are you thinking to go beyond block coding? Yes. Oh. I think they need to actually learn some script. So we'll see. I'm, yeah. I'm still thinking through that. I'm sure we'll talk about it in a podcast in the future. Yeah, my only first thought that came was, I know Sphero, when you do block coding, you can switch over to script coding. So yes. that you can at least start with one and then see how that would look in a different language. But I know there's just like so many websites out there with like that teach coding. Yes, but Sphero is great for that. I know Marty the robot also has that type of capability. And we've had both of those people on the podcast before. Right. Um, so yeah, we'll see what what comes of that? So that's a new hat that I'll be wearing that I didn't anticipate. This is part of your STEM hat? You have to do computer science? So like since, advisor? since we have such a small school, they're pulling in the history teacher to teach oh. the computer science, which will have all the resources, but he doesn't have any experience in it. So, um, which I think he'll do great, but I feel like I might, Need Sounds to overwhelming. Help. I, I think he's, it might be a lot. <laughs> so I am helping. I am the one that found the program and going to help facilitate the students being involved. So, nice. yeah. Okay. But then in the last podcast we just had, you teased that there was some ideas and you were wondering how it aligned with what I was finding about engineering mm -hmm. education. And we need some details. <laughs> okay. So I've been thinking about how much we talk about prototyping. Mm, and I right. think that's like a standard, yep. right? Talks about prototyping. Yeah. Let me, hold on. I just have to tell people about this. Uh -huh. um, as part of my dissertation, and it'll be in, in every podcast, I'm going to talk about it because <laughs> it's all I do. And so y'all can just suffer with me. Um, 
my first two chapters are a systematic literature review, which means that I went to the library, virtual library, and searched engineering education in middle school and got 2,368 articles, something like that. I had to read every single one of those title and abstracts and screen them to be included in my study. So that narrowed it down to about 560 articles, okay? I then had to get the full text. Have I not told you about this? <laughs> the reaction? No, you're, you're, you're blowing my mind right now. Yeah. Why did I get torture? Don't go to grad school. Okay. <laughs> Too so late. then 568 articles. I will remember the number because I had to find all the articles. Okay. So then I had, I am currently going and screening all of those and making sure that they're relevant to my study. And then I'm applying the NGSS standards and the ASE framework, which includes prototyping, there's your connection, um, to see which pieces are in the literature. So I've currently made it through 172 articles. I don't even know how to respond to that, Natasha. <laughs> so I can tell you the stats, like how many talk about prototyping. You just asked me. This is the torture you go on to a guest being an expert. <laughs> Does AI help you with this at all? Right? They're not really. It's because, okay, so I could like search it for prototyping, right? Yeah. But it's kind of nuanced to uh, know if the NGSS standard applies to like the literature I'm reading. So I have to like actually also read be it. involved. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I have to be involved, which makes me feel mm. important. Like I'm valuable to the process, but also feel like a robot because I'm just like screening articles and I'm like, surely there's a button that I could press. There should be a button. And you probably dream about it. Oh man, this sounds like the Yeah, weird... I feel like in a year from now, Ugh. AI will be doing this job for sure. It's just not at the point where mm -hmm. it's nuanced enough to like, mm. you know, get these things that I'm searching for. Okay, wow. back to prototyping. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can move forward. Uh, okay. So prototyping is important. It's showing up in the literature. Yes. Not really. No. So, okay. Well, it depends on how you define prototyping. So it's probably a good thing to start with. Tell me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So prototyping is supposed to be a model of an actual thing you're building. Yes. So if the final product is a gigantic roller coaster. We're building mm -hmm. a prototype of the roller coaster. That's a model, right? It's not the real thing, mm -hmm. but often that's not explicitly taught in the lesson. Often it's like the thing is the thing. Mm -hmm. Like I built a roller coaster for a ping pong ball and I never connected to the fact that this would be a real thing. Or I build a keychain, like that's the end result. Often maker spaces just build the final thing. Yes. But I also think prototyping is misused if you don't connect it to this will be a thing that's built out of like real materials. And also we don't use the real materials. Roller coasters are made with cardboard in our classroom, but steel or whatever in the real world. So lots of issues. Mm -hmm. Yep. Agreed. So, so do you think, do you think prototyping is important? It's in the standard, but do you think it should be? Ooh. Like, um, I think it's an important part of engineering and that it should be, emphasized as to why we prototype mm -hmm. but it's hard it's so abstract because then kids don't get to see like the real final thing that's probably why it's not really taught in the way it's taught like in an engineering college course where the thing the roller coaster we build is just the thing 
and we're not really prototyping. Mm-hmm. So if we could prototype and then build the real thing, do you that think would that incredible. would be useful? Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Okay, so that's my plan. Like, what are you doing, a roller coaster? <laughs> no, a boat. <gasps> what? <laughs> I was thinking it wasn't useful because I was like, I don't think you could do it. But oh. if there was a way. Challenge accepted. Okay. How are you testing? What are you testing for? Okay. So buoyancy is a topic that my students really, really struggle with. Same. Okay. With so, my <laughs> so my thought is since we always do building a boat, like that's just a thing that we do, right? To talk about buoyancy. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a better way to do that. Probably not. And so I want them to build a prototype of a boat that's made out of plastic and, you know, foil, things like that, duct tape. And then they're gonna scale it to where they can fit in it. Oh my gosh. And then we're going to test them in somebody's pool and they have to paddle across the pool and not sink in order to pass my class. (laughs) You have to. (laughs) Prototyping is important. I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't think of an example where we actually prototype because you're, what you're mm-hmm. saying is like the point of prototyping is that it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And we, the thing we do in engineering class is just the model, but we don't, like I said, connect it. And sometimes like catapults I've seen like done big, but that's like a medieval war tool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not <laughs> useful. Mm-hmm. And materials are important. And materials are so important. And yeah. So we're going to use the same materials to prototype. Oh. And the other piece that you could talk about with buoyancy, because this was like mind blowing to my students, is the um, density of materials and how you're trying to get the average density. So you need like air pockets. Yes. And why boats are hollow. Like a whole, all those concepts do not come across in an aluminum foil flat Mm -hmm. boat. Oh my gosh. Right. I feel like this could be an epic fail or the best (laughs) thing ever. But either way, I think the failure would be awesome, too, because they would have so much fun. Soaked. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be amazing. And I think they'll learn because they'll understand, like, why they failed. My goal is so that they'll understand why they failed because they're going to fail. I mean, are they going to fail in the prototyping phase? Like, are you planning on showing them, like, you will make a prototype that works, but it won't always translate to the real thing? Is that? I mean, there's definitely going to be some part of it that's not going to translate, right? Because, you know, if you're using water bottles for your prototype, well, those are like massive in scale to whatever you're going to be prototyping yourself as in the small boat, right? You can't buy like really massive water bottles then for when you use it. Uh, So there will be some losses there on translating, but they'll have to figure out Uh, you know, when they prototype and figure out, well, how much for this size boat and this type of shape or whatever I make for this prototype, what is the weight, my weight that needs to be put in there? Can it hold that? And so then we'll talk about that displacement factor. We'll talk about density. And then when they build the real thing, they're going to have to be really careful with their dimensions. Be like, remember what you tested and how you made it work? 
Well, if you don't do it just like that, then it's going to fail. And we can prove that with your prototype. So I I just think the process is just going to be gold, no matter what actually happens. You have to learn from that. And I'm like racking my brain of like, where else have I seen this? Because we've like seen every STEM lesson out there. Like it's our job Mm -hmm. (laughs) to like know what's out there. And I cannot think of any competition or anything like that takes prototype to real product in that way. Mm-hmm. Besides like a virtual world, like you've seen right. like a 3D model, you can model it. There's a lot of great software that does that. So that's a version of prototyping, right? Yes. Where you're like mm-hmm. modeling it on the computer. But like, I think the scale model is what you're talking about. Like you're prototyping with a manageable size and then you have limited resources. So you can only make one final thing, right? Yes. Yes. And I'm going to plant this. So this is going to be a project that's going to be done in the spring semester. So after we've worked on engineering for one semester, talking about free body diagrams, building up a lot of the necessary skills. But on the first day of class, I'm going to tell them exactly what we're doing and the spring semester so they can start saving materials. Mm, yeah, <laughs> like, hey, you want to build a boat out of uh, water bottles? You better start saving those water bottles <laughs> or whatever you think would be best. So it's always in the back of their mind as they're, as we're building other things, think about, oh, materials are important. Oh, I noticed that this doesn't work well when it gets wet or, ooh, mm. this seems really light for its size. Interesting. So I'm just going to keep mm. dropping that. I feel like it can have lots of uh, usefulness throughout our whole whole year. Does it have to be self-propelled? Like, will they have to row it or it could be? I thought about making it some sort of like sailboat or rubber band powered, but I thought, ooh, maybe that'll be the next year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the <laughs> annual competition, but we might, let's, let's start by you're floating and you have to paddle to get yeah. across. I would just get a log and sit on it. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the loopholes that they're going to do. Uh, you can come to my competition. Please bring your own log. <laughs> Noted. I'll just... <laughs> yeah. I'm so uh... This will be quite the contrast to the weather balloon launch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no F-22s are going to come and shoot down my boats, I think. Oh, so. true. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be in a swimming pool, so. <laughs> yes. And I really want this to be like an annual thing. Like, yeah. this is what we do. Mm-hmm. As a boat competition. Yep. <laughs> you got to have a good name, though. Like, oh, I got nothing. Yeah. Listeners, please send us your thoughts on what our uh, name should be of our boat prototype (laughs) competition. (laughs) (laughs) So many things you could do with this. Okay. I'm going to keep thinking. I love it. You always have the most creative ideas. (laughs) Every year I'm thinking, oh, you know what? I've already done all the things. I'm set. I've got my full plan. I did it all last year. So easy peasy. I can't do it. Nope. And when you say this will be an annual thing, you mean like I'll do it twice and then I'll come up with a different idea. (laughs) Yeah, probably. You're right. (laughs) Okay. 
And I think it's always fun for the students because you have the same students year after year as they're getting older, right? Like you're the same teacher. And yes. so I'm sure it's exciting to kind of like change it up. They never know what to expect. Maybe it's a rocket. Maybe it's a boat. Who knows? Unless they were looking forward to whatever they knew that the kids well, above them did. And then I'm like, eh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what grade is it for this goat town? It will be sixth through ninth grade. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And it'll be teams. And I guess we'll have to pick somebody to be mm. the rower. Yes. I have not figured out how many people per team yet. Okay. Yeah. Icebreaker for this is to the, our build a chair challenge with the newspaper. Oh, yes. Where they have to build a chair to hold one of their teammates. Yes. That's a good one. Definitely. Yeah. That's always a classic first week of school challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna think of all the ways that your students are gonna figure out Please creative do. solutions. <laughs> They'll be like, you never said we couldn't zip line. <laughs> boat. I said boat. Should I even say boat? A floating device. Float. Like... A float. <laughs> A... Oh. Hmm. Because that has certain ideas attached to it. Yeah, but then you have to think about how the like the constraints. They can't just go buy a tube that you float down like the river. Oh, yeah, they have to make it all with recyclable materials. They and are it has not to be an the same boat. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can't bring a boat to class. And the same as their prototype. It has right. to match their prototype. Oh, okay. So that True. you know limits a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, if anyone else out there has ever done a boat challenge, (laughs) like a life-size boat challenge, please share with Claire all your ideas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if you have ideas for the name to kind of jazz it up, love to hear it. Uh, But for now, STEM space out. Hey, listeners, we want to hear from you. Do you have a quick tip on teaching STEM? Maybe how you store projects, where you get materials, or what not to do. Let us know and we can feature you and your tip on a future podcast episode. Head to vivifystem.com backslash quick tips and let us know your tips for teaching STEM.